rewind Once upon a time before this word became rhyme We were multidimensional, pure and aligned Everything we did was heavenly, divine Only lived in truth, authentic we shine But then there came a day that moved the hands of fate Life would never be the same Life would never be the same Consciousness was programmed uh, Turned into a game Now you are ascending Healing all the pain Breaking out the matrix No more guilt or shame You got nothing to lose And everything to gain Open up your crown Rise up and say We already won 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 First they gonna doubt you Then they gonna realize that they can't do this without you It's about truth Yeah, it ain't all about you Now we are ascending Healing all the pain Breaking out the matrix No more guilt or shame You got nothing to lose And everything to gain Open up your crown Rise up and say We already won 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 No matter what happens Stay true Cause it ain't all about you Welcome, welcome, Wednesday, people. It is vibrant time, and what a good way to kick it off. I'm already, like, so fired up. We already won. How's the uh, ultimate boss battle for the fate of human consciousness treating you, Mike? We already won, Chance. I'm sure you already know yourself. Uh, we just contributing our own piece to the puzzle. Uh, shout out to everybody who's chilling with us and uh, shout out to Keon, the one who I made that record with. Uh, he produced the record entirely and co-wrote that with me. Um, yeah, I, f- I feel like as an artist, that was kind of me. Uh, kind of stepping more into to artistic direction. So I appreciate you playing that song. Yeah, man, I love when there's something like that I can bring to the this is like a show and tell type show rather than the interview show, you know? Oh, word. Okay. Yeah. You're going to have fun. Okay, I see you. Yeah, we, we <laughs> can have fun. We can do anything here. It's all no. about like bringing a little bit of levity to everybody's why so serious lately. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know how it is. It's hard out there. I was trying to tag you on Instagram and you're in jail. Oh, you would think that I did something actually heinous, like post naked pictures or like hit on underage woman or say anything actually offensive. It's it's actually kind of interesting, but I look at it as a badge of honor. A bit of an echo going on. Is it when I talk or just when Mike talks? Maybe drop out and come back in. That could help. So is it, is it, is it an echo for me? They'll let us know in about 15 seconds. Okay. <laughs> if it is, I may have a remedy. Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. Is this Mercury messing with us today? Mm, not that I'm surprised, but I will be right back. Okay, cool. Yeah, so this is Mike Nebbe, a.k.a. the Peace Dealer. We had him on Interverse about, I don't know, seems like six months ago at this point. Eric says he does not see an echo. Nobody heard any echo. Devin, are you trolling me right now, buddy? (laughs) That's a good one. Okay, no echo problem going on, so it's fixed. I think we got trolled a little bit by my buddy Devin. It's all right. They said they didn't hear it anyway, other people. So it'll be happening. Yeah, it's hard out here for a producer. (laughs) This is a fact. This is a very documented fact. Yeah, so what's good with you, man? What's new in your world? You know what? Um, I've once again reset my life. Soft reset. Nothing too intense. Hit two days of the workout. Uh, been walking about a mile or so a day. But I would say now more than ever, in the most cliche way I can say it, I'm like returning to myself. And I'm really getting to understand myself. Uh, and how much I've tried to rush this process, you know, in this, in this journey to become who I meant to be, I'm really taking this time to, uh, understand myself. And, and a huge block of that was impatience. I personally have bars and Aries. So I've been learning to really embrace Aries as, it, as it's truly meant to be and not misuse the, the power, you know? So I'm really grateful. I really, I'm, I'm in a place right now where I was wishing to be 12 years ago. So I'm taking it all in. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. I can totally relate to that. I don't know if I even knew what I wanted 12 years ago, but definitely six or eight years ago, if I could just go back in time and tell that version of me, like, this is where you'll be. Just do this thing. You know, (laughs) it's crazy. And for some people, it doesn't even take six to eight years, but you got to start now. I think. Oh, yeah. Putting January 1st as the beginning of the new year when everyone does their New Year's resolutions, I feel like that's sort of a saboteur thing (laughs) because the real initiation of the new and taking action totally fits with this time of year way better. That's what I felt, too, with with everything in the sense where I actually tried to initiate things um, in the winter and the reason why I didn't was because of my decision not to. You can blame a lack of self discipline or control. Um, but mainly, you know, I felt a large part of my body just like, no, like, give me this time off. Like, what the fuck are you trying to do, sir? Versus the spring period where it's just go time. It's just, it's just literally with this spirit of spring. I appreciate you saying that too. Um, 
shout out to the shout out to the, the, the exalted spirits, the Sun Aries. So, you know, yeah, um, I'm really I'm really coming into more how much I may have given my power away by giving myself reasons to feel happy. We're not not happy, but being reasons to feel like confident and feel good about myself. Uh, and now I'm just like, F it. Like, I, don't, I don't need to give anyone or myself an explanation. Yeah, buddy. I got to also say that your glasses, how reflective they are, makes you look like an anime character. It's pretty cool. That's so awesome. That's been <laughs> one of my biggest wishes to become the anime character, too. Obviously. I mean, you just said that you're doing your anime transformation right now, right? Yes. Your anime character, final form. Maybe not final form, but, you know. Pretty much. Next this form. is my base form I'm, I'm, I'm evolving into. So I'm bringing in the summer body. Um, and I've never, ever been serious about that in my life, ever. But now I'm putting in somewhat of an effort. And we're going to see that effort increase over the next few days. And I feel good. I feel great. Um, more so just because I'm making the decision to do it. And there's a curiosity around it. And I'm embracing the adventure because I've been, I've been so outcome oriented. I'm learning to enjoy the process, whatever that is. Yeah, dude. I had a great moment today. I went to a deli that I haven't been to for a while, but I used to like frequent for lunch all the time. Uh, local organic grocer, pretty badass. And the, uh, I ordered a soup and a salad, like a, a small soup. Cause they had my favorite kind. And the deli manager came out and he was like, you've been hitting the weights. You're looking pretty swole. I think you need a large for the price of a small on the soup. And then he gave me two large soups and I was like, that's awesome. And dinner. That's super awesome, dude. Yeah. I feel like whenever you can bring that energy of, the higher self forward in some way yeah. and, and make your progress visible. And it makes other people feel good to be around you too. And then good things happen for you and for them and for everything. Cause you know, we're at the center of this universal life mandala, right? I love that. Um, I didn't even think to see it as a mandala and you got me thinking, ha 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> You got me. I might be flexing this summer. We'll see. You got me thinking about uh, how everyone is the center of their own experience. as But then all of us together are like a center too. And, uh, really dancing that dance in between that, you know? Shout out to all of y'all, by the way, rocking with us in the chat uh, or just live with us or watching after this is live, you know? This is a really good mutual receptivity too. They've got the I didn't we didn't I don't think we planned to do this when the moon was in Gemini. And we both is, wore blue. They are right. And the moon is literally like right over my sun, like given a couple degrees. So this literally ended up working out. We were supposed to do this what like last week? No, I think it was a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I don't know, but right. this is this is the this perfect is time for it. Like what's so what's moon going over Gemini mean for us in the collective since we brought it up? For today, you know, maybe sure. people can think back on their day and be like, oh, yeah, that does fit. Yeah, no problem. And uh, does it make you feel like you are really busy? It depends. It depends. For some people, it could be a time of isolation, like if you're cancerizing uh, or it doesn't even to be based on that. Every single person has their own unique experience. But I'm glad you asked that because uh and please hold me to this like if this is what it feels like to y'all in the comments please let me know if it's not let me know but 
every time the moon is in any zodiac sign, but in this case, Gemini, it is a 28 day lunation cycle, right? So every 28 days, the moon revisits Gemini and every revisiting. And it's something that after reading charts for so long, I'm just now starting to come into the wisdom of cycles and how I got so used to seeing things in the moment. Like this is what's happening now. And this is what, like frames at a time. I'm starting to really appreciate looking at the cyclical nature of things. So every moon in Gemini isn't really even just the moon in Gemini. It's like a firmware update every 28 days where we're updating coming around this lunation cycle, the intellectual understanding of what our minds are processing. And of course, a really good question you ask is how the collective feels a moon transit because the transits are like the weather, right? The transits are letting us know what weather is happening energetically, but everyone has their own unique natal chart. So some people are going to wear a poncho. Some people are going to let the rain fall on them. So that collect, that individual Gemini moon transit for everyone in the collective is giving everyone an individual intellectual understanding of what's happening for them. Of course, with the sun and Aries, what they're processing in terms of who they are and how they communicate the attitude of who they are. Cause you can decide, okay, um, I'm the peace dealer, but the moon in Gemini is where it's like, I'm the peace dealer, bitch. And that, you know what I'm saying? That comes through the, the moon in Taurus. So I have more confidence. I know what I'm worth. And so Gemini has a little. Kids say the darnest things. You feel me? So, yeah, that's a that's a little <laughs> understanding of, of that. You're getting a real a, a yeah, but it's it's of, the truth, you know. It's just it's getting the real. Truth. It's the truth, exactly. Yeah, it's not trying to control it. It's just how you actually talk, which is why Sagittarius and Gemini get in a lot of trouble because you know sometimes they say too much. You mind um, <laughs> maybe moving in a little closer to your mic or sliding in a little? Yeah, sometimes no it gets a little on the quiet side. Yeah, and we've already got some cool comments from our chatters. And like I told you, this is a community-oriented show. Uh, J-Lo just pointed out throat chakra activation. It's funny because we both wore blue. I grabbed a crystal off of my crystal collection. Oh, it's, I guess, more of a stone or mineral. But, you know, throat chakra-y. I just was feeling it, like some extra oomph for the throat today. And I guess so were you. And we wore the same color. And... Anyway, that's cool. Um, just had to point that out. But Angela May had a question about North Node in 12th house. What does that mean? In a Jesus summary? Christ. It's crazy that she, uh, her name is Angela because she has angel in her name. So I have a theory. I have a theory that, and please confirm this, Angela. I've always felt that people with the North Node in the 12th or 6th house, because you have that mutual nodal receptivity, y'all didn't come here with like, karma. And that's not entirely right because everyone has karma. Everyone has sat in their chart. But I feel like y'all didn't come here to really learn anything as much as, and that's not right to say, but y'all came here to service other people. So like your destiny isn't about for you to come into here to gain something. You're probably going to gain something. And I'm not saying that entirely right. But when I see it in the 12th, especially you're surrendering and sacrificing your destiny path for the collective. It's like being a martyr. And so your destiny is in service 
of an individual social collective, depending on the sign it is. And so it could be very hard to understand your destiny path because it's going to drive you toward, it's like being God's like not servant, but it's like surrendering it to the creator. And the 12th house is the house of the less fortunate mental illnesses and mental institutions, prisons. So you're going to be drawn to assist, you know, addicts, criminals, evil people, supernatural people saying those labels is is misleading because it's not as simple as that, but that's just the concept behind it. So, I mean, yeah, she's an Oracle. So this is going to have a lot to do with your spiritual beliefs and how you use your services to assist. So when I see that in the chart, I usually be like, okay, you're probably an ascended master. You're probably an angel. You're probably someone who the divine is using to service the collective. And that means you didn't really come here to come into your own karma. It's just misleading to say that because you, everyone has karma, right? So, but yeah, I like to say it like that in case it resonates more with people. I like that. I've said this before, probably the last time we talked, but what I enjoy most about your style of astrology and other astrologers, astrologers that I particularly follow or like is that you focus on, I mean, you know, you get real about like where the work might need to pop up, but you are super into giving people the full blast. Like you're an infinite being this, you know, you've been doing this for eternity. You are a super ascended master potentially you, or maybe not like there's different levels yeah. of soul. We come in at different rates, but yeah. you know, you give people, you build people up really well. I guess that's what I'm trying to say in summary. I get hype man a lot. And yeah, that- <laughs> that's my role too. Amazing. And, and that's why I like to use these extreme terms because like, for example, when I say like, when, when, when I speak to certain women and I say you're a goddess or you're a queen, a lot of these words are always used endearingly, like to flatter or to hit on them. So I take a different approach where I'm giving you legitimate scientific breakdown. And I, I always make sure that I don't run the line of coming off like I'm flattering you because that's why when I read these charts, I'm mind blown. I'm like, oh my. God, like you're a fucking ascended master. Like you're literally like this god, goddess, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I love to watch a lot of anime and like fantasy. So it's like, I'm literally watching a fantasy in real life. And then they'll be like, yeah, I actually go through this for real. And it, it's like the best part of my day. I love it. I love that too. I think a lot of the time about the monad or like the source and how it right. divides itself to eventually get down to the level where there's billions of us theoretically. And maybe at a higher octave of the fractal, there's just like three and then there's 12 and then there's, you know, different divisions. So there is like this archetypal God force that uh, we each, you know, are embodying in some way. And like uh, that's the superhero anime transformation is getting in touch with the, the full breadth and depth of the higher archetype octave of what you embody in this big Life story game. Amen to that, bro. And I think the biggest difficulty uh, for me, especially, is just getting out my own goddamn way because I felt like I had to have the technical understanding. Like I have to know how to do it. I have to know what to do. And really, for me, all I had to do was just believe I can do it. Like the biggest struggle really was just believing that I am this character, that I have this power. 
And once I did that first, everything else just kind of worked itself out. The knowledge came, the, the, the certain things I didn't even have to know, I just do. So I've just been staying there and, and taking my time with just doing that for myself and in service, helping draw that out in others. Yeah, that's a real thing, you know, embrace the role you want to play and what feels right to your soul and then just start playing it and it, things will come to you as you go. Like with energy healing, when in my younger days, when I was like a, a rave shaman, <laughs> waving crystals around, tripping kids, trying to help them have a better time that's awesome. when they're having a hard time. Like a lot of the, I never got like Reiki attunement or anything professionally or in any sort of, you know, official way. But the more I would just do it and seek to help the, in the moment where something came up that I hadn't seen before, the idea of what to do to help with that would always make itself evident in my mind. And that has continued through into sound healing ceremonies I do for people. It's almost like the order that clients come to me is in the exact order that I need to learn things so that I never get a client that I'm not ready to address whatever is going on with them. Does that make sense? I love that. It actually does. It's almost, it's, it reminds me of a very popular saying adage and verse, you know, God never gives you a challenge you're not ready for. Okay. So this may be an interesting question over on the Rockfin side of the stream. Braden asked if we've ever talked about the rising of the chrism for three days following the moon entering your sun sign. Is that a concept you're familiar with? It actually is. And I was actually going to mention that I'm going through my Christos activation. Um, can we give that? Can you elaborate on that? Like in depth? That sounds interesting. So I think it's a concept from Santos Bonacci or along that line. There is a specific PowerPoint or there's a specific article I shared or, or saved so that I can read because I'm not entirely familiar on all the specifics, but a Sagittarius brother, a friend of mine and brother shared that with me. Shout out to you, Ryan. Um, I'm going to see if I can find that link. But the basic premise is once a month, you have your personal new moon. And once the moon transits your sun sign, this activates the Christos activation or rather secreting liquid through your pineal gland and begins the process of activation. So during these three days, it's suggested that you don't have sex or you don't ejaculate or, or, or you don't release any kind of energy like that. You don't really eat heavy. Um, you fast and you be creative. And what this is supposed to do is raise this energy. And then literally activate relative to that cycle and move forward. It's it's a lot deeper than that, but that's really the main basic gist of it. Okay. So if you're going to make a, a run on that, you might want to do it like every month because the activation isn't going to go full blast all the way first time probably. But as you get the pattern and you're, you're cleaner, you go, you come into the next one at a higher level each time, maybe. That is a fact. You said it so well. And the intentful uh, aspect of it, you being conscious of it adds so much more because fasting does so much already. So resetting your personal biology with that new moon it is a main part of it. And uh, yeah, it's a practice I'm going to be doing more so uh, every month, too. That's cool. I don't know how I missed that detail because I've heard of the whole concept of 
you know, raising the oil, the Christos, the chrism, and the type of abstinences that help with that. But I've somehow missed the detail about the new moon. That is really interesting. That might be like some key information. Santos is quite a reservoir of information. We had him on last year. Awesome. Yeah. So here's a very specific question. And people out there would love to keep fielding questions. I also linked the call-in line to the Telegram channel. You could even leave us voicemails. That's fun. So, you know, hit us with questions. But Davin wants to know what you think about Uranus at, this is very specific, Uranus at 29.55 degrees, 12th house Libra. Oh, my God. That's crazy. That's literally (laughs) crazy. I don't know what else to say. And you know that's crazy. The person asking that, you know, your life is crazy. You know, you can't enter any social situation and your very presence just doesn't start to make shit go not crazy because that's very dangerous. 12th house is a house of hidden enemies. So Uranus is such a volatile, chaotic that once you enter a social situation, anyone that has anything against you, crazy random shit will just start happening. They're going to act uncharacteristically and they're not, it, Uranus is invisible. So they're not going to see that it's because you're there, right? You're probably rising in Scorpio. So please confirm that, Nivad 17. I, I want to know first if if that's what you experience, because that's also a superpower. It's an element of hidden genius. But I'm very passionate about 29-degree planets because there are points of mastery. 29-degree Uranuses are some of the foremost geniuses of the world. It's just it can also express itself in madness and craziness through other people. And then 12th house is a supernatural house. It's just since it's a supernatural house, it's a very dangerous house because it's a hidden house. So this to me is a master psychic, but we don't live in a perfect world. So it's crazy. (laughs) It's literally crazy. And it's having their surrender to that. Um, sense of genius, even if everyone else thinks you're delusional. Yeah, Devin was the homie that came in and thought we were echoing because he had other browsers going of the same stream. So, you know, that's almost like a reflection of that. He he enters the scene and there's a little bit of a chaos bomb blow up, but not intentional, not malicious. He's a good dude. That's deep too, because I always notice technical glitches with Uranus aspects. And that usually happens consciously or unconsciously to block information. So this is where Uranus can sometimes try and protect him by glitching technology, but it's not going to look at like that at the moment. It's going to look like things are messing up. So um, it's it's not that everything I just said is surface level. There's so much deeper layers of complexity. That is that is a that is a very masterful aspect. Like that's, that's supernatural. So that's why I kind of answered it that way. Science hasn't really caught up to those quantum mechanics at a social context. So there's only so much I can say about it. So thank you for asking that question. It's very fascinating. Yeah. Great question, Devin. He's a pretty, pretty uh, adept astrologer himself, actually. So uh, you talk about Uranus like you have, you know, like it's somebody, you know, you have a personal relationship with. <laughs> and I assume that maybe goes for the other planets. You know, are they like practically old friends at this point? I love that you said that because, um, first of all, yeah, Uranus and Scorpio, I feel is dangerous. And that T-square uh, now adds so much complexity to that. That is that's even wilder. But I love that you said that because one of the main 
one of the main things people used to ask me a lot is where do you get your information? Like what book did you read that from? And one of the main lessons, like experience is my greatest teacher. So one of the main things I was guided to do in learning astrology, right? A lot of why, um, I feel like I'm really good at it or I, a lot of why I am is because of actual experience, like just putting in those 10,000 hours, reading so many charts. But my understanding of the planets actually came from talking to the planets, talking to the planets uh, as if we were homies. And it was just kind of that attitude that helped them help me understand it in a more personal way. And I didn't realize at the time with this connection, I was being revealed essences of them through real people, through Mercury ruled, Venusian ruled people, Jupiter ruled people as their vessels, instruments, and just experiences that carry their signature that just really gave me like a next level understanding. Um, and at the time I didn't know and I was channeling. I, I, I was also really skeptical about channeling, which got in my way because I didn't really, I felt it, it felt like, making it up, but having confirming experiences as above, so below really helped me understand how it works. But yeah. Well, our key, our key in on what you just said there, it feels like making it up. Yeah. That's actually, <laughs> that's the, the crazy paradox of tapping into closer and closer to source energy is what is source. It's imagination. It's pure creativity. So it is, the the part of the universe or the or origin of the universe that is if it's original then it's making it up as it goes so right. as long as your intent is in alignment with the highest good the making it up as you go part is actually the right way to to go and i love that you said as long as your intent is aligned and yeah that imposter syndrome was crazy uh starting off my journey but yeah that intent in line is amazing because that's what it that's what it really humbled me as like a lot of it is it's 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 making it up as you go but in that alignment of integrity so you're not making up lies like everything that's processed moment to moment aligns with a reality so it, it it create it completes that equation which is really cool so when you're talking about like channeling, but also interacting with people from the perspective that they are kind of an avatar of the whatever planetary force rules them, what is that like? I mean, are they just coming at you like they, everything's normal and cool, but in your mind, you're like, oh man, this means this and I'm getting a whole nother message from it. What do you mean by that? Oh, could you, could you say that one more time? So whenever you're interacting with people and you're feeling that they have some sort of connection to a planetary ruler that you're talking to directly, are they aware of that? Like, are they just coming at you normal? And on the inside, you know, you're playing it cool, but on the inside, you're like, I'm literally talking to Jupiter right now. Dude, this has literally happened. Okay. So like, oh, and I have chills because some people are aware of it and they come with that. They're like, yo. I'm an aspect of Archangel Michael. This has happened to me. I'm an aspect of Archangel Michael. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, bullshit. And I saw his chart and I'm like, oh my God, it's the truth. And then I know another friend whose name is Michael. 
And, you know, and what kind of defined it is there's certain defining features and attributes, right? And he said he was an aspect of, it was verbatim the truth. And his name is Michael. I know another friend named Michael. His soul is actually on the Archangel Michael star and he, he, he knows himself to be it. There are certain people who are unconscious of it and they have signs around, like, like they have signs that they've struggled to believe. And so it may play more unconsciously as a vessel. But this actually happened to me recently with this one person who didn't know this blew my mind because we both watched shout out to Dolo, the pilot man, who's also self-proclaimed Archangel Uriel and really is. It checks out. So the dude who bought the reading, his name is Uriel. And at first I thought it was his nickname because I saw his chart and I'm like, oh, my God, he has his moon, he has his sun exactly on the archangel star Uriel. And I thought that he knew that and was like, okay, I'm going to change my first name to Uriel. Then I realized he didn't know that that was the aspect there. And then he brought his birth certificate and his actual name was Uriel. And I was like, oh my fucking God, I'm talking to the archangel Uriel right now. And we also both identify the watch Dolo too. So that has been happening to me like almost every reading. The more I'm getting readings now, like the alignment with who the universe is sending is mirroring with my own self-realization. But that was one of the most recent times. And, you know, he didn't necessarily he didn't necessarily treat it in a sense where like it puffed up his ego as much as uh, he's lived it his whole life. And he's part of the new generation. So he's awakening to that essence and defining that. But that was such an experience where it's like, wow, just for it to unfold like that. But he didn't know that that exact aspect had the Archangel star Uriel. Um, and it, it, it blew my mind how that unfolded and how people's names really do correlate with, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like who they are. Man, that is a mind blower. <laughs> you know, you like you, you turn on the TV or something. Not that I actually have one, but you go somewhere where there's a TV on maybe and it's just like war, pestilence, famine, death, disease. But actually below the surface, there's fucking ascended beings popping off and waking up in the matrix Dude. and realizing, oh, I'm here to wreck shit in a good way. Dude. Like they're really ascended beings. Like it's fucking mind blowing. That's why I really uh, that's why I love what I do, because I feel like I have the opportunity to to really just give a new perspective or a realistic perspective of your own divinity. And to, to just kind of be real with it. You know what I mean? And if I come off as a hype man, even better, but I, it's, it's just so fun at this point. You just get to see all the amazing parts of people. And a lot of people do say, how come I don't say bad things? And it's not that I don't say bad things. Much of what I pick up is the potential of your essence. So for me to say negative things is opinion based. I can say negative potential, but it's you who actualizes it. So that's why I just say it as it is. And it comes off as positive because a lot of people have yet to accept that they are perfect beings. We say that we're not perfect because we hide behind the concept of imperfection, but it's hard for us to understand that 
we put ourselves through difficulty because things go through up and down. You know what I mean? So I truly don't believe there's anything. Uh, I truly, I'm truly coming into the belief that everything is perfect and everyone is perfect. We may perceive imperfection because there are things we don't like, but everything is a part of a script. Everything is a part of a, you know, perfect sequence. So I've been coming to accept that. Uh, and it's, it's been amazing. I love that, man. I couldn't agree more. I mean, we have a limited perspective in our slice of universe currently. Uh, it, it's really the limitations that we put on ourselves and the judgments we place on ourselves that make us feel less than the divine children of the creator that we actually are. And it doesn't mean that we don't have room to grow or to improve. You know, that's the wild thing about the divine and source is that it is infinite. You know, so it's complete in itself, but it also goes on and it also continues and it also expands and nature. Like I really look at the meaning of life is life and for life to continue flowing and thus expanding and carving out new neural pathways. That means that even though we can start to accept ourselves fully for who we are, uh, doesn't mean that it, we want, like, you know, we know what feels good and what feels bad. So all the stuff that we judge ourselves as being imperfect for maybe doing or feeling or lacking in some way, those are just the markers of which way life wants you to flow so that you feel even better and even more stoked about living. I'm really interested too in that thing about stars that archangels <laughs> reside on. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what are some of those stars? Like, are you just I'll pull it up right now. The, de- the degrees where they hang out? Oh, I'll sweet. Right screen share. Yeah. So there's astrology king. Um, the there's four archangel stars, and this is what helped me embrace more how I represent. You know, the, the, this concept too, because it'll show it in the chart. Like it, it'll show it basically relative to this, this element here scientifically. And and there's several layers to it too. So it's not necessarily always as simple as that, but yeah. You ready for me to pull it up? Uh, yes, sir. So as you'll see, uh, Aldebaran at nine degrees, Gemini is the fixed star in Taurus. And it will tell you right here, this is one of the four key stars in heaven, also called the archangel stars. Michael in this case. Then you have Gabriel for Mohawk. You have Regulus, which is 29 degrees Leo. You have Antares, which is nine degrees Sagittarius right here. Antares is the Uriel star. And then you have Formohal, which is three degrees Pisces, which of course is Gabriel. And then you also have Regulus, which is 29 degrees Leo, which is Raphael. Okay, Raphael um, is interesting because we see President Trump has his rising here. Drake has his rising here. So Drake and President Trump are instruments of the Archangel Raphael. And we see Raphael um, in this case. So does that make them Archangel Raphael? Doesn't actually have to, but it does note that connection here. Uh, we'll even see this here uh, in the sense where, let's see, because they have kind of Regulus conjunct the Ascendant. And it's said of the archangels and the hierarchy of 
angels in general that they're almost like um, unable to disobey the will of God. Exactly. Exactly. That so if you cool. really got into like the the gnosis of what type of being that you're channeling into the reality, that also helps you maybe line up with the path of your lowercase w will lighting up with the divine will, which, which is the Lord's prayer. It's all the beauty. Amen. And that's alignment. That's the Lord's prayer. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And and people who have these contexts, they don't really have free will like most other people have free will just like angels in relation to humans in this, in this mythology. Right. Uh, but we all kind of, this is what I'm learning with spirit, with, with the spirituality in that as multidimensional beings, we kind of play the range of all of us. So we have that human experience. We have that angelic energy. We have that divine being energy. And those are just words I'm saying, but like just that concept of kind of, Kind of simultaneously as a body, mind and soul being physical, but then still observing your own physicality and experiencing it through and balancing this duality, which you just nailed it through alignment with the higher will, because alignment with the higher will aligns all of us. It's a crazy paradox because we want to believe that we have free will, but it's ego that it's tripping on that, right? Because ego is like. I can do whatever I want, but (laughs) we already mentioned that when you get up into like source consciousness, that is free will. That's the only free will there ever was because that's being original. That's the actual power to make it up as you go. And whenever you try to like exercise free will in ways that aren't aligned with the universal law, then all you're doing is suffering consequences of universal law. And really those behaviors are like, you run in programs. So they're not, you know, that like, because in our, in our innate selves and in our state of being as like a, a newborn, a newborn, right? Like you look in nature. Okay. Like a, a deer is never going to do something that is out of alignment with natural law. It's, just, it's this weird, this weird trauma schism that happened in humanity at some point a long time ago that gave us this, ego self that wants to have its own version of free will that can be like, you know, I'd rather rule in hell than serve in heaven. But the beauty of getting into that source consciousness is that that's where the free will is because that's where you get to be the creator again. You don't have to be the creator responsible for everything on earth and in heaven at the same time. You get your slice of the infinity, which is still an infinity because no matter how many ways you divide infinity, it's still infinity. So that's that's when life gets fun is when you're like, OK, I'm here to create. Now, what is it that I want to create most? And that's what life taught me. Like, we don't even need all this excess resources. We barely need just enough. And like the less is more, you know. So, I mean, everything you said sounded like a Luciferian. Everything that you said regarding that willingness to do what thou wilt sounds like that Luciferian Satanist doctrine that has kind of created that schism and really, you know, the whole basis behind that using the new age philosophy to trick people into we're all one and we're all connected. Just, just do what you want. The highest good of the law. It's this truth to that, but you know, a lot of that really is what you said. It's like having their own version of, 
that, and I don't want to be so quick to demonize it as much as to just look at it objectively for what it is, a deviation from the higher will and uh, not, you know, not necessarily paying too much care for the consequences of the, you know, hurting the free will of others. Hey, thanks for that tip over on Rockfin. Nick Veliquet. Went to a high school. I went to high school with a guy named Nick Veliquet. There's no way of the same guy, right? That's <laughs> a kind of specific last name. Right, exactly. But okay, so we got some memes shared in our call in line. I figure we better hit them up. <laughs> I like to put the memes up that people share. Okay, it's time time to start the new chapter of your life. No thanks. I'm quite comfortable where I'm at right now. And then higher self pushes you out of the wheelchair into the cliff. Pretty nice one. Nice one. <laughs> that happened to me for my job when I first moved here. Oh yeah. I, I feel like there's an anecdote in there. Oh yeah. It's quite the story. Um, it actually coincided with me never having to work a job again, because when I moved here at first, I wasn't working my uh, business full time. So I decided to when I've moved to Vegas first, I was like, I'm just going to vend on the strip because I didn't know what I was going to do here. Then I realized they actually had psychic shops. But I learned that you had to get a Clark County business license. So I had to, of course, pay like several hundred dollars. So I had a license that gave me the ability to in the industry of psychic arts, give people readings in someone else's establishment. And I was working at Karma Connection, uh, which was off a of Rainbow Road. Places lit. Uh, they paid daily. I had fun. It was really dope. So the week that the last week I worked there, the Sunday, right? That very beginning of the week, I hear a voice within my head like this is the last week you're going to work here. And I'm like, bullshit, I like this job. Like, I don't know why we stop. Like, it's lit. I get to just come in. It's chill. And the overarching message behind that was you're get you're ready to step into your own independence. But I didn't see how at the time. Like, I didn't I wasn't pulling that in. And so my friend from high school came back to Vegas the end of that week. Two things actually happened that week. It also showed me why I worked there. Um, I met two special clients. Bless them, by the way. One of them was no nonsense. She wasn't trying to get an overeating like, oh, I want to see what the cards say. She came through. She's like, look, I've been to several psychics and I just want to know one question. She looked me dead in my eyes. She's like, I've been looking for my father and I want to know where he is. And that was the first time I ever had a request like that. And I was shook. I was put on the spot. And I said the first thing that came to my spirit and it was, I specifically said a country in the South American country. And she looked at me and she sat back and she's like, that's wild because that's the last place I heard he was at. And it kind of gave her some hope as far as where to look. And that helped humble me and let me know, you know, I'm an instrument. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not about the ego. Like I'm here of service. And the last reading I had at the end of the week was with a, a woman who didn't even see me. She heard that they had someone new and she's like, I have to book with him. Right. She didn't even see me though. She came back and she was mind blown. She's like, 
you look exactly like my brother who just died. I had to get this reading from you because I had to see you. And so after that, the weekend came, my friend came back in town. She was dating Chris Santos, the famous chef. And he was just passing me like stacks of hundred dollars to give to strippers because we went to the strip club. And I woke up late, you know what I'm saying? And I came in, I was about to come in late for work. She called me up. She's like, don't even come in. Fired me on the spot over the phone. And I was like, well, I don't have that job anymore. But at that same time, I ended up making more money than I ever made that week in my business to where I never had to get a job again. And it was mind blowing. Like kind of confirmed that voice. Man, that's a good story. Right. (laughs) I've actually had it happen to me a few times that I can think of where somebody like a stranger somewhere decided to chat me up because they say that I look like a good friend of theirs or a relative who had just died. And then we have some sort of conversation and connection and some information gets transferred between us that seemed like really important to them in that moment. So there's something up with that. I, I, I think it goes into that idea that we're kind of playing out as um, like, you know, there's a daemon type idea. There's this archetypal force that's higher up the octave that's controlling multiple human beings, not controlling, but like experiencing the reality through multiple human beings. And I think they're controlling. (laughs) (laughs) Experiencing for sure, but an element of control. And I, I want to really expand on that. Because that's my biggest passion. It's one of my biggest passions right now. First of all, relative to that woman who I met, I had moved to another apartment since then. And like two or three years later since then, uh, she was one of my, uh, uh, not Uber Eats, but DoorDash drivers. And that was a trip. Like, oh shit, it's you again. Like she recognized me. But yeah, um, when people speak about conspiracy theorists, when people talk about like, oh, how can aliens exist or how can how can all you do you do you think it's just a boardroom meeting of people planning this? And it really it's kind of that dynamic. It's like that higher octave and dimension of the, these extra dimensional beings that orchestrate these events that play out in the physical. So that's how it's true, but untrue at the same time. Man, I'm so glad that you pointed that out. That is extremely wise information, especially in, you know, a genre like mine that you might call conspirituality. Because conspirituality, yeah, because yeah, one informs the other. You know, if you start going deep down rabbit holes and you realize that reality is not this physical monopoly game that we were trained it was, you're going to run into spiritual ideas eventually. And if you go deep enough into your own self, on spiritual development, you're going to start running into crazy conspiratorial rabbit holes because you're going to want to get healthier. And you realize that you need to get healthier across all metrics to ascend spiritually in any way. And they're going to be like, well, how did I get poisoned in the first place? So they lead to each other. But what you just said is so clutch because I've actually thought that too, not only are there, you know, spiritual forces that orchestrate the conspiracy from a level beyond and above and beyond like what human beings could orchestrate because when you get into some crazy shit like decoding media mass media events through gematria and finding that like all the stories of that day had the same exact numbers in the headlines if you turn the words into numbers and here's the thing like human beings do that 
then that's the thing. Like, and that's what I love about what you said. That's why people like dig themselves in a hole because they see all these correlations and then they make the mistake of trying to make practical sense. They're using conventional logic in order to understand that's beyond human conventional logic. So like, we're going to see with our human brains, they have that number, but it's not at the human level that all this is happening. The human level is the manifestation of everything we're seeing. And I love that comment. We are the spaceship. So this is a way that people gaslight people. This is a way that these people who proliferate this use the invasion of postmodern conventional logic to put this veil over your face and not have you see the magic tricks that are happening. Because they'll make false presuppositions as if they have to make sense on that level. Ephesians 6.12, you know, when you remember that there's no physical human being that is my enemy and that the war is happening non-materially, you now start to see what influences the moods that pit us against each other. Because we're self-inflicting harm to the body of Christ when we fight each other. And that's how powerful we are invisible beings, fallen angels, and evil motherfuckers have to divide us so that this spiritual war can take place in this physical dimension and play out this dance. And and I hate saying it like that because I feel like I just simplified an overarching complex plot and it's way deeper than that. But, you know, I'm I'm grateful to be a part of it, speaking with you about it. It's awesome. Yeah, dude, this is high level, <laughs> high level awareness right here. I've also theorized before that dark occultists and probably, you know, good guy occultists, whatever. I think that part of what helps orchestrate things on a behind the scenes level might be that that more adept and people trained in like ancient mystery school, secret traditions and whatnot could be all going to the same place in the astral at regular intervals and like, you know, meeting there, even though they're in different countries and getting, you know, like that the, um, the temple is in the astral for them to all convene at. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. I love that. And it makes me feel about how, you know, kind of like how there's that omnitheism where it's like everyone, everyone has like a bit of truth in their religious path because there, and then the syncretism, because there is that whole essence of what people call their gods is really just their rendition of, of their understanding of divinity of, of how the, so even though people, different cultures have different ways of saying it. Right. But the way I like to see it is everyone's wrong, but everyone has a piece of the puzzle. That's kind of right. But no one has like the, no one group has the right answer because in our grounding of it, we lose meaning, but everyone is on the right path in a certain way. And I say that to where we can't attach to just one belief system, but we can take what works with that system to align us with the actual truth. Okay. So this is an out of left field question, but I lost track of it earlier and it's a good one. What are your thoughts on Sirius, the star? Because there's so much made about Sirius. And when you start studying, mysticism and Dakota posed that question over on the Rockfin side. That's a good question. I'd like to know your thoughts on Sirius. Shout out to the Rockfin questions. Y'all are killing it. Those are awesome questions. Um, 
I know absolutely nothing about Sirius other than the fact that it's 15 degrees cancer. I have uh, my my Jupiter on there. So I'm very connected with Sirius, but I just have known it to be a super big star. And I I'm researching more the astronomy side of things and the starseed side of things, because that's opened a whole new world for me. That's fascinating. Um, and, and meeting people who are from there. I didn't used to believe that, but I realized it's true. So really great question, because I, I want to learn more into that, too. So at the about halfway point of the show, I often take call ins and I have a particular friend who I want to call in. Who's a big fan of yours, and maybe awesome. she's like a little starstruck, but her name's Kaylee. She's an amazing astrologer. She calls in all the time. Awesome. So this is your call to call in with the link I sent you, Kaylee, if you want. If you're not available right now, it's okay. No one's going to judge, but cool. I'd like to, because you bring a lot of good, stoked energy and fun cackling to the whole scene. So maybe we need a little Divine Feminine up in here. Let's Just saying. It. I like that. Uh, another question that was up higher was about Archangel Sandalifon. Sandalifon. I like that. What's that one about? So I love this because when I first started doing this journey, like I didn't really believe in angels like that. Like, and interesting that you mentioned Polaris. Um, I'm not sure if you mean a system or a point, but no, I, I, I haven't looked into it as much. That's a really good point. I'm actually uh, research that. Yeah. But that's yeah. the North star. The you North know, if you star. You were to do the time-lapse photo of the stars rotating, you know, in the dome. It's the point that would not, that would not move. It's the throne, you know, North and throne are anagrams for each other. So it's kind of like the most high point, point of the sky clock. Wow. Me and Mario, that's the guy symbolic studies we've, Especially him, but we've been digging deep into all the the mythological symbolism that seems like it's referring to one thing, but occultly is actually referring to the pole star, the North Star. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I have to look into that then. I have, you I would have, love Mario's channel, Symbolic Studies. I'm you should have him on a peace talk, dude. <laughs> You'd love yeah, this guy. I'm actually love that. Hit, hit him up, uh, Mario. So his his channel is all like three to five minute probably mostly three minute breakdowns on just like one specific thing like he'll go deep on a specific tarot card or go deep on just like aries and he does it seasonally too as you go through the season that's awesome dude yeah Yeah. i'll definitely reach out to you he's a wealth of information hey we got you kaylee what's up soup soup word shout out to you kaylee kaylee is one of the reasons you're muted right now though can you to answer that? your question, okay, there we go. what's up, Michael? I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you too. And you're right; she definitely brought the energy too. That's all. Awesome. <laughs> Y'all remember to hit like, okay? Yeah. Horse coming in hot. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Right? Yeah. Seriously, Michael, I very, very much appreciate you. Um, in 2020, when things started going down. Um, you and Leo King actually were the only ones that I had found at the time. They were actually speaking the truth and not censoring. And yeah. I, you have no idea how much I appreciate that. Um, Cause I needed that at the time. So shout out, to yeah, the Leo King. shout out to the Leo King. Cause he definitely, he definitely uh, came with a vengeance. He was not playing. Like I did. I did notice that too. That was awesome. 
Yeah, but yeah, so good job, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. And um, uh, sorry, my bad. I, I wanted to I wanted to answer your question about Sandalphon because I don't really like my connection with the angels, right? Like I came into it very skeptical, like seeing people pull angel cards. And I just didn't believe that. I was like, I'm sorry, boo-boo. Like, Uriel doesn't know you, like, just because you pulled a card. And I was very skeptical about that for a while. And I approached spirituality too cerebral. So I didn't know, like, who the angels were, how to talk to angels, versus now where I'm just letting go of the process and, and letting what comes to me come to me, right? So Sandalphon, right? I was at a period where I'm like, I don't even believe, I, all these angels people are naming, they're making up. Like there's not even all these extra angels. But I remember recently, cause that was, that was like years ago and there was an angel reader, right? Th- this is kind of how my path kicked off. My an angel reader, not to you, I wanna, um, she had told me that Archangel Haniel is like one of your guides. And one day she did an initiation for me and she, the angels had blessed me. Right. And I remember she was saying, be careful. Your life may change that day. And I vividly remember being like, okay, this isn't even real like that. Like I knew that she was accurate, but I just didn't believe in in the angels in a real sense like that. And that day I got kicked out of my uncle's house and it was the day I created my peace dealer channel. And I ended up moving to California and living in Koreatown. And like, it set me on my path. But fast forward 10 years later, I remember I would always joke and be like, oh, I, I got Sandalphon and Metatron with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, but I didn't really take it serious. And then my Sagittarius friend came out of nowhere and was like, yo, I had a dream about you. And Sandalphon and Metatron wanted you to know that they follow you. And that made me realize, oh, shit, I was making a joke out of it, but they were communicating with me like that. I just didn't really take it serious because I thought I was making it up. Right. But like I I, I didn't think that I was like really connecting on that level. And it really now made me take more serious these connections and, and embrace that process. But yeah. Yeah, I heard stories like that, too, like Jesus showing up to somebody in a dream and telling them to go tell somebody else something about a subject they had no prior knowledge of. And it changes that other person's life forever. That recently happened to me with Lucifer. Really? Yeah. So um, I actually have several Lucifer stories. It's really weird. It's very weird. Uh, But the most recent one, I don't even remember who I was on an interview with. Um, but I was going to meet up with my friend late and she didn't see me on YouTube. It was a, it wasn't really a shared interview. Like not that many people showed up to watch it. So, um, it wasn't, I didn't really push or promote it, but in that interview, right. Um, the person asks me about my thoughts about the devil. And I remember sharing that. I feel like the biblical interpretation of Lucifer doesn't necessarily um, allude to Lucifer really being evil. Like that's just a Christian belief that that that's just like a pseudo Christian belief that was added on after the fact um, that, you know, there's more onus to see Lucifer as an overzealous prosecutor than some really evil being, despite certain passages that do allude to that. Right. But I mentioned that, And then an hour or two later, I met up with my friend. Shout out to you, Marissa. And she told me she had a dream. 
And in that dream, um, you know, she was being followed by two people and the friends that she was with kind of ran away. But while they were about to like molest her, this black figure with horns comes through, uh, kills and rips one of the dudes in half and then breaks the other dude. And, you know, she was all like distraught, like, oh, my gosh, who are you? And he said, he's Satan. And she was like, wait, I thought you were bad. And uh, he was basically like, no, we were tasked by God to be fallen and to tempt people like this. But we there's so much darkness. Now we're actually helping the light. And on some real shit, like normally I wouldn't really believe anything like that. I would be very skeptical. But knowing that I talked about it literally an hour before and it being reflected, just kind of like, oh, shit, like that was kind of spirit. Like, yeah, peace dealer. Like, what do you know? How are you going to doubt that now? So I was like, wow, it was it was very life changing, profound. Cause, um, it's I was a mental image. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. She got gra- she's Scorpio rising. She got graphic with it. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, see, and then whenever we are in this mix of conspirituality like that, and there's so much said about Lucifer, it's kind of funky how uh, you mentioned, you said, you described Lucifer as a overzealous prosecutor. <laughs> well, and then what happens in kind is that like everyone's opinion of Lucifer is pretty zealously judgmental. Right. And what I'm, what I'm about to say is not like we're supposed to, like when, when you bring up words like Lucifer and you're like going to start accepting parts of the reality fractal that are extremely judged and hated as a, in, integral parts of the greater self that we all are. Uh, some people are immediately going to jump at you and be like, Oh, that's it. You're Luciferian. Sound the alarm. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And that's not what you're saying or I'm saying at all. We're just saying that this is part of existence. And then you made the greatest point that like every aspect of existence has its divine role and task. That's how I feel about Saturn getting crapped on by the conspiracy community. I'm like, you guys, you need structure and 3D reality and responsibility and no i'm glad you brought that up because people are trying to tie it into like a saturn worship cult and what i see about that is it's kind of half true like you will see there probably are people who worship saturn but like it's kind of more like the dark side of saturn so people now blame saturn for that and be like see saturn is evil and it's like maybe that's just the dark expression of that versus the light expression. I like to see the dark side is the traditional devil and the light side is actual God. You know what I mean? Like the integrity of it. So yeah, it's it's really interesting how people kind of play with that. Goat squad, what up? Just saying. <laughs> yeah, I had an experience one time where uh, Saturn yeah, yeah. was like, oh, you don't like me? All right, let me just show you what it's like if I just completely uh, dip from your existence. And so I had this crazy Kundalini-like uh lift off but in the process the only way i can describe what my reality became for this several hours it was almost a whole day was like this was not drug induced or anything <laughs> so it was intense uh it was like all everything that was in a container was out of its container so i was like seeing the inside of everything but also the outside at the same time and i couldn't i had like lost my ability to differentiate between one being and me 
like everyone that I would talk to, I was like, I think I was seeing them like it was me talking to me like in a mirror. And there was a lot of other stuff involved with that experience. But at a certain point, I was like, I need to put everything back where it goes. <laughs> and I didn't realize it was Saturn that was teaching me the lesson until after the fact, because I was so disoriented. But, you know, Saturn's got that scythe. He divides. And when I came to come down from this crazy like trip type experience, I focused on words that began with D, you know, like down, 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 <laughs> divide. <laughs> and it worked actually. And I got back to a more normal state of consciousness, but that was a huge lesson. Cause I was like, Oh, we can't demonize this one aspect of just because it's here representing okay. limitation. Those limitations are actually what give us the ability to have a coherent physical reality experience. Was it like getting punched out of your body by a Doctor Strange, like like Spider Man? Oh my God, that's what I, love. <laughs> I love that. No, it was more like um, it was more like it's, everything was moving around me, even though like in the three D, I was walking around and doing stuff. It was uh, like I was inside of a screen, and stuff was just happening in this big nature fractal. When I thought of something, it would just come out of the swirl of uh, crazy energy and become physical manifest in front of me and then kind of like melt back into the swirl. <laughs> it's really hard to describe. Pretty, pretty hard to put into words, but I'm, I'm positive at this point in retrospect, Saturn was involved. Apparently and Allie Berry said she had a similar thing happen. So, I love that because like my, my respect for Saturn matured as my age matured. So I saw Saturn as like the super powered evil side of me. Like, oh, this is this is the reason why I'm blocked and limited. And like, as soon as I had my Saturn return and I was coming into like lessons of integrity, I was like, yo, you're the greatest Saturn. You're literally the greatest. Like, this is dope. Like, I it just completely changed. And it, it made me look at Jupiter different now, too. Like, Jupiter, I'm gonna let you finish. But Saturn is the greatest. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're Saturn and Capricorn, right? Yep. 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 Yeah, so I, I had that thing happen right after my 30th birthday. So right in there. Yep. Yep. That big old 30. That'll do it. That'll do it, yo. Kaylee, I bet you got some observations or questions to toss to Mike. You've been following him for a long time. You're literally one of the two people that got me into his stuff. Guild Wars, two people. There's way more than that in the in our group, but you know, you guys were like, check it out. Okay, first question: When are we getting more World War Zero? Yo, you're uh, right. You're right. I, I need more info on double agents. Okay, I'm doing research. <laughs> I gotta. I have to redux that because, like, my whole understanding of it is so much more evolved. So, I'm definitely. Uh, if anything, we can schedule. Taurus season. I'm going to aim for Taurus season. We're going to get the final episode of season one. And that's going to be a main, a mega live video. And we're going to go down into every episode of World War Zero. And I'll just give updates, just a recap. And then I'll let you guys know what's coming for season two. And All right. I'll I'm accept that. Oh, yeah. It's going to go away. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be Sweet. one for the books. That'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you guys should. You guys should check out the playlist World War Zero. I know show. I did. It's pretty intense. It's pretty intense. Um, my next question was, um, what uh, what do you think of the tarot readers that focus specifically on like twin flame and love readings? Oh my gosh, I can say this because I've surrendered to 
I, what I love about my heart is that it's, it's, it's a childish, it's a childlike heart. So when I like, when I dip into it, like I can be very naive and I can appeal to that part of me that just wants to be in love. So I can say confidently, like, a, like whether people mean well or not, a lot of that ropes in romantics and hopeless romantics that just want a good message and want to be told what they want to be told. There is also still a nature of divination where most, some of those readings are accurate as hell. And this is where efficacy doesn't justify just because something is accurate and works doesn't mean what you're doing is right. Right. So you're roping people on this lifelong like message, like this is the week it's going to happen. This is the week it's going to happen. And if you have discernment, you can pick and choose which of it works. But mainly a lot of the energy behind it is mad scammy. It, it's, it's really more so like, Hey, you know, let me sell you on this urgency of we know you want to be in love and we know you want to find the one. And even though you're adding in accurate mechanics psychically, you're baiting people in with toxic rhetoric, kind of, and, and selling this love image. So I, I, I fell for it a lot. That's why I can definitely relate to it. But <laughs> I had to mature and wake up out of it. So this is what it is. Uh, and it feels good Great. too to fall like that. Like sometimes that's what you want. And I feel like it's its own kind of brand, right? So if you kind of look at it as a novelty kind of thing, but if you try and portray it like it's real spirituality, then yeah, no, nah, I don't know. Word, word. Yeah, it feels, it feels a lot of the times it feels really parasitic to me. Exactly like that. Like it's just hooking in to get you addicted. Twin bait. Oh, <laughs> And it feeds to yeah. your toxicity. It's like, is he still thinking about you? Is she still thinking exactly. about you? And yeah, yeah, it could be accurate, but like, that's not even the direction we need to go in, right? So. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. We literally did a vibrant on Twin Flames bullshit. <laughs> Yo. Yeah. Oh, that, yes. that was, that was my first time. My first uh, podcast. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, hate to, I hate to interrupt. Yeah. It's crazy you say that because the sinistry reading that I had today uh, were, were two women who, acknowledge each other as twin flames and i Ooh. i broke down that in their chart so what i learned about so we have to have a twin flames vibrant because i can go yes for days. like i can do a whole and i love talking about twin flames because it triggers people so much like oh, the, oh the yeah people who felt they met their twin flame 2017 but they salty now because they don't do so i don't care about twin flames and then the people who are still delusionally looking for their twin flame like it hits everybody like i love it but i've learned specifically because before I try to find the cookie cutter approach, like if this person has this sign, they're a twin flame. And what I realized is it is purely patterning. So on the surface, like if you look at their charts on the surface, they there's a lot of squares. They're incompatible. But if you look at the actual pattern of their chart, they're twin flames. Even down to dirt my bad friend, even down to during that reading, they're like, oh, yeah, we feel like we have a, a sibling connection. I'm like, oh, y'all, y'all probably Isis and Osiris. And she's like, stop, stop. We, we've always felt that. So I pull up the actual asteroids of Isis and Osiris and you literally see one person is the Isis archetype. The other person literally is the Osiris. They share a template connection. That's awkward. <laughs> Yeah, I feel you. Oh well, it's all right. They're both women, so no one's losing their day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which was really beautiful because, like, 
I really, I've always been very skeptical. Like when people say they're twin flames, I always don't believe it. I always believe you guys just caught feelings for each other. So my breakdown of that connection, I always take romance and love out the picture. Like if we took that out there, these are two people who have a mirrored union. Like their sun and moon is the same archetype in different signs. And they have so much mirroring aspects that if you took that out, they still have a true union. And to see that between two women shattered my old traditional beliefs on, oh, you know, it's supposed to be natural. It's supposed to be this way. And, you know, I still believe in that, you know, natural union, but it opened my mind to what love looks like, what unions look like outside of sex, outside of gender. And it was beautiful. I was so happy. Sometimes though, I'm like, maybe I'm just bitter as fuck. Guess you know. Yo, my dad just talking that shit on Twin Flames and all that maybe stuff, and then like immediately I started getting like into a situation where I'm like, oh my god, was I wrong about all that? <laughs> right, yo, it'd be like that. It'd be like, and that's that's actually the biggest blessing slash like in this Twin Flame journey I've had. Every time that I re- figured out, I figured it out and I got it. God will be like, all right, next onion. And it's like, oh, I was completely wrong. And it's like a deeper rabbit hole. And it's like, no, this is it. And it's like, cool. And God waits until you figure it out and you got it. And it's like, nope, you were wrong. Like, there's even more. It's like, damn. And so, yeah, I I went through my bitter phase. I was like, yeah, fuck this shit. This shit ain't real, like. Right? Yeah. The only one I ever felt anything like that for. I looked at our synastry chart, and we have. Oh my god, we have, we have a mutual Lilith on like Lilith on somebody's ascendant, and Lilith on the other person's descendant. I'm like, oh fuck, <laughs> this is not good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, no. I used to be like, I used to be like, that's just this. That's just astrology. You're reaching and, and it doesn't really mean, nope, it does. It does play out. Like, like sometimes you'll think, okay, we are looking too into aspects. Nope. You're right. Like that's, that's no joke for sure. That's tantalizing, spicy for sure. Spicy bad, bad spicy. <laughs> <laughs> too spicy. Bad too spicy. spicy. Yeah. And then I learned the difference between soulmate connections and twin flame connections. That's legit hilarious, Mario. I got a, a new twin, twin flame every two, every two to three And it's years, never, never her husband. husband. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yo. No, my husband's my soulmate. He's not my twin flame. He's my karmic. He's my karmic. I hate when people say that. I'm like, that's not how it works. That's not, how, that's like saying, that's like saying, uh, my, my juice is my sprite. Um, or it's not my Coke. And it's like, they're all juices, though. Like, they're all liquors. Like, it sounds like something, but that's not what it is. But see, we're already making this a Twin Flame podcast. My bad. All right, we do whatever we want, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know what my would camera. be kind of fun? It's optional, but if you guys have decks on deck, it would be kind of sweet if we each drew a tribe or a card for each of the, the fire, water, air, earth. I don't think we want to go through, like, all 12 sun signs, but I'm going to bring Iching. I got my Pokemon did, deck. Did you get your Pokemon? Nice. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Oh, that is the best. People send you cool shit. I am so grateful. That's honestly one of the best things about this. Yo, so let's do oh that. My, yeah. Oh my God, you guys. I picked up my deck. Look what's on the bottom. The fucking Ace of Cups. 
Let's do it. And then I finish shoveling up the ten of cups. Right. Well, the no. mine is on the well, which is eating wow. like the water. deepest water. Oh my goodness! Big Let's water vibes. Right wow. Now. Let's be that Jupiter. My that Jupiter. Mm-hmm. That Jupiter. <laughs> Jupiter. All right. So this is a game everyone can play along. We're gonna draw a card each for each of the different elements, primary elements of sun signs. So you know, fire tribe, air tribe, water tribe, earth tribe, or if you want to call them fire benders, I kind of like benders. Yeah, I like benders a lot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I think what we start with fire benders. Where you guys want to start? Yeah, let's start with fire. Let's start with fire. Okay. I'm gonna kick us off. We're gonna start with I Ching. And this is just like a little oracle reading for fire people right now. And, you know, if any of it resonates, then it's also applying to you because we got all the elements in our chart, right? Kaylee, what's your sun sign? Taurus? Sun, Taurus, moon, and ascendant cap. Okay, I wanted to make sure. Okay, so Kaylee P. Kaylee P. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's me. What's up? What's up? <laughs> you got Uranus on your side right now, too. That's just good. Yep. All right. That's what's up. I love that. Very, very, very. All right, Fire Tribe. We got <laughs> hitting the theme of uh we're hitting the theme of twin flames pretty hard. For Fire Sons, we got companionship out of the I Ching. This is number 13. It is the Yang element supported by the clinging fire energy. And in the Eastern concept, the fire is about like your spiritual. It's very similar to Western fire, really. It's about what makes you passionate, what gives you inspiration and your spiritual connection. So we're starting this off with the theme of some aspect of your life right now. It's very important for you that you're either looking for companionship or you know where your companionship lies or you're you're strengthening those bonds on purpose. You're recognizing the the goals that you share with other people that allow you to have interdependence and still maintain independence and a mutual respect type of deal. So who's going to hit it next? We'll see how it lines up. That fits for me as a fire son. We got the world Pikachu completion. Um, That's just amazing. I I like to see this as the culmination of everything you've done. Uh, coming into stepping into the next level of success. So congratulations, firebenders. If anything, I feel it's a huge congrats vibe and trying to get yourself out of the, I need to do something. I need to do something versus like taking stock of what you've accomplished. Yeah. So in the companionship with the world, it's like you and your homies or you and your twin flame ready to take on the world and do whatever. Yo, that's it. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I hate to be the party pooper here, but uh, you're going to need to work for it, though. If if those companionships are not built upon a solid foundation of rock, but work for it, you know, eight of pentacles. So three of swords. You got to put in some serious work. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's all (laughs) swords came to a crown in it. The work is to like <laughs> dig into your uh, your own trauma so you don't bring programming to the companionship and to your, you know, pinky in the braining it, taking over the world thing. This is Saturn and Libra and Saturn demands that you come correct. That's true. You know what I love? So like it, we're kind of in the order of the Zodiac. It, it, Kaylee is literally in the middle of us like Taurus is in the middle of Aries and Gemini. That's so awesome. That's really lit. 
Hey, right. we're representing the individual signs. What up? Indies. So let's, uh, let's hit the see. Earth next. Yes, Earth. Or we'll do Earth and then Airs, you know, since that's the order. And then actually, Chance, your moon's in Sagittarius, right? No, I'm Libra. My moon's a full moon in You're Libra on Aries, sun. And Leo rising is what all this is about. <laughs> Main character vibes. All right, so let me get my shuffle on. Earth tribe. Earth tribe, you're getting the call to retreat. This is the also yang on top, but with the earth or the keeping still energy in the support. So this is all about finding your spiritual ground, which means literally going to ground, <laughs> you know, like the, it's got the image of geese flying away, but this is about knowing uh, the point at which before you burn yourself out, you need to tap into the earth and actually get yourself right and take the time. Like right now you're getting the call specifically take on some extra grounding practices, uh, focus on the healing, focus on the rest and how let that support your spiritual development. Instead of thinking like, I got to go, go, go and accomplish, accomplish and like make this outer world progress. Realize that the grounding aspect and like the rejuvenation that you give yourself is actually what unlocks the spiritual progress in your path through synchronicity in a more effortless way. Damn. That was a message right there for sure. And I guess in the extension of that Ace of Swords, Lucario is talking about a brand new epiphany. So it's it's like, if anything, this triggers a new idea of communicating. And we know this is true because Mercury is going through your sign and also really victory through this brand new sword that cuts your way through any falsity. I love the Ace of Swords. It's hands down on my face. Waller, well, Earth, while you're retreating and while you're getting all this wonderful insight from the ace, you're literally getting a call or giving a call. This is the eight of wands. So who are you sending messages to? This this is telling you to go along. OK, you can't, it's not about the melee fight. All right. You got to back up a little bit. Maybe shoot some arrows instead. Well, that's what the retreat's for, you know, get some range on the motherfuckers. Love it. That's good stuff. Awesome. Ace of Swords, too, man. That's cool. Lucario being that. He's got fucking psychic sword fist hands. That is a cool deck, dog. Uh, yeah. But the Ace of Swords is also one of my favorites, too, because it's just like exactly what I just said. It's that you, you went and got grounded with the retreat, and then the insights are just welling up, bubbling up automatically, just like I in love- a meditation. Totally. I love that too. I love that. It's like you retreat, you get the downloads and then you can send the messages out in that order, not the other way around. All right. Airbenders. Love me some airbenders. Whoa. (laughs) Okay. We got dispersion. This is one of my favorite cards ever. It's number 59 in the I Ching. The element is actually air on top, the gentle or wind supported by the abyss, like the deep, deep waters. So you see the guy on here. This tells you everything you need to know. This is like, this is a very similar to a grounding type concept. It's about diffusing negativity and restoring harmony. So the whole message of this eching position is really about like right now for air, airbenders, especially 
You want to uh, look at your life wherever there's something that's out of whack, wherever there's something that's causing you friction or stress. Instead of like pushing through that, you're being asked to like bring a balancing force in. So like uh, if you have the belief that something needs to be a certain way for you to be okay, maybe find a way for that to like ease up on that and realize that whatever, whatever it is that is going on, if you weren't in the picture, you know, if you like died today, all the stuff would still get done. And all of the, all of the real importance about your life right now is how you feel your energy, uh, not to, you know, lighten up, basically look for more fun in, in your world. If you're stressed, do more fun stuff. Uh, don't overdo, don't overdo the negative aspect of, of what it is that you're involved in right now by focusing too much on it. Instead be like, Oh, that's, there's the message of, I got to restore some kind of harmony or order. So this is a very breath centric thing too. Um, because breath is the way that you do that in your biofield, just getting more oxygen, maybe taking up a breathing practice. Like I guess the way I put it is that, um, whatever it is you feel like that you're lacking, make more of that. Right. If you feel like you don't have enough time, then make time by meditation. That makes time literally. Or you feel like you don't have enough uh, fun in your life, then make some fun. <laughs> go out of your way to do that. Um, you know, let go of the things, that, lighten up on the things that you feel sort of chained to. I love that you said balancing power because I got the moon and Libra card, Psyduck, two of swords. Psyduck. And this is cool because this is definitely speaking of even though the two of swords is seen as a sense of indecision for airbenders, what I'm sensing is putting your mind over your heart and not being quick to make emotionally ruled decisions. Many of you may be called to really keep silent about what's occurring because this will enable decisions you make to be more logically centered and temper any excess emotions from yourself and others, especially if some of you are being pushed to make a decision you don't want to make before you're ready. This will enable you to stay objective enough to not be swayed. So yeah, for those of you who are indecisive, um, and for those of you who are a bit too impulsive, the airbender's message for you in this sense is to uh, make sure you're, regardless of how you feel, make sure you're making logically ruled decisions over your emotion. I love the two of swords and everything you just said about it is right on. Um, in the tarot, they're called the taroscopes. It's Michael Tessarion's system of, uh, it's kind of like tarot based astrology. Nice. Really, really cool. Where it's like the, the theme is basically cards on houses. And in that system, like my primary life path of the miners is actually to a sword. So resonate with that one big time. That's awesome. And knowing your moon in Libra too, like that's awesome. Yeah, that's a good point. Weird. Well, good luck staying logical because this literally flew out at me. <laughs> the two of cups so underneath, <laughs> you know, but like keep, keep some levity, keep some levity, keep it light. It's not a 10 of cups. It's not a commitment, but it's something new sprouting up. So that's really exciting. And I'm not going to lie. I looked at the bottom and we have the empress or the lady. 
So huge, huge abundance. I mean, you know, maybe you're making that bag, you know, (laughs) she's got the cornucopias, you know, Uh, you're you're pregnant with this situation is pregnant with possibilities. We'll just leave it at that. And you know what? That's interesting, too. One of the meanings of dispersion, now that we have those other cards, one of the meanings here is uh, literally about dissolving divisions. (laughs) So two of cups and two of swords are both like there's a there's a divide there. Right. Because it's two. It's dual. So mm, interesting. All right. (laughs) Waterbenders, your time has come. What do we got? What do we got? All right. So waterbenders get the decrease number 41. So this is the keeping still energy over the, the joyous the pink element, which is kind of like multiplicity. So this is basically like chill on expanding right now. It's about actually like you got to let, you got to drop something so you can pick something up. You're maybe, you know, I won't say glutted with, uh, (laughs) with stuff right now, but there's some element of your life that wants to come in and something that you want to bring in, but you got to just get real about the actual mechanics of that. You know, can you really even fit any other changes in your life right now? You know, could you add anything to the the pie chart slice of your daily behaviors and habits? So where can you trim some stuff out so that what you really want has a chance to show up? This is definitely like calling you to make a sacrifice, but realize that the most powerful sacrifice that you can make to your own benefit isn't by sacrificing what you love the most, like Isaac uh, you're like Abraham sacrificing Isaac or something. It's actually sacrificing the parts of self that you don't like, that you don't want, that you remove those from the equation. And it's a lot more powerful of a, because those can be the hardest things to let go of sometimes, but being called to get a little bit more frugal, possibly financially, but in just a general sense, however, this applies to you, you're on the point of uh kind of contract. So fits into that retreat theme a little bit too from before and maybe even dispersion. Just remember that less is more that uh, simplify, simplify, simplify. And we have the chariot, uh, Rapidash, not Ponyta. So this is saying that you're coming into success based on your forward direction and focus You want to use your willpower to achieve your goals and be the hero of your life. So this is saying that whatever you want to do, when we get the chariot, you're the winner. You almost want to focus more on your own interests and put everything else to the side. Um, Shout out to Skywalk Trees. And this is so very important because this is saying to shoot your shot. This is saying to take a risk. This is saying to maintain that forward moving momentum because everything that you're doing is going to come into victory. Just beware of falling for immediate gratification over long-term success. Nice. And I got this literally like went halfway across the fucking room, the nine of swords. And I feel like this actually applies to everybody with the major transit that we have in Pisces right now, Jupiter, Neptune conjunct, conjunct, which will be exact in 
not very long, like a week, something like that. Um, we're all having very interesting things come up while we're sleeping, whether it's really intense dreams, whether it's not being able to sleep at all, whatever the case is, water signs. And for everybody, because we all have water on our chart, make sure that you're sleeping. Make sure that you are cutting out things that you need to and not overthinking <laughs> so that you can actually sleep. And if you have really intense dreams come up, write about them. Because on the bottom of the deck that I noticed as well was the high priestess. So we have stuff coming through 100% all the time. And it's uh, it's important that we find healthy ways to channel it so that we're, you know, taking care of ourselves properly. Yeah, dude, popping out with that nine and also with the chariot, which is uh, that cancer energy could be representing can get in a bit overburdened on the emotional plane, dreams or not. And if you want to decrease, you want to practice that decrease one way to do it. Outside of just like, you know, your daily habits and behaviors, because I was kind of stuck on the physical when I was talking about it, is to write it down, (laughs) whether you're writing down the dream or getting into a journal, reflecting on your feels, even with just like a trusted friend. It's more powerful at at tripping you up when it's inside than when you let it out. So pretty strong. (laughs) I feel like I had something else to throw in there, but man, good stuff. Um, Well said. Let's hit them all with like a, Everybody, one more for everybody. That's just for everybody. Like a pick a pile, pick a God, pick a pile. Because this is having too much fun with this. Oh my God. Unifying all the the four. You know, this one's for the avatar. You know, this is for the air, fire, water, bend. The master of all four elements. If you're the avatar, this one's for you. All right. <laughs> All right. We got Yang Yang, which is literally like Avatar Ang. Stop it. Wow. Number one, the creative. This is the pure source, the active Yang principle, the absolute, the supreme being, the, the generative principle of activity. You know, this is the, the image making faculty of consciousness that just brings newness and, and expansion into our life automatically. You know, it's also, it's also your authority. So this is like step into your authority as a creator and uh, find strength in that. Find strength in your, your uniqueness. Beautiful. I love this card. Did you check I'm, that out? I'm mindful. My mind blown. You got the creator. That's beautiful. I'm mind blown. You got that. And I got Suicune, the Ace of Cups. Oh. So that's just such raw, pure, potential and new connection to spirit. This is literally you spiritually awakening, connecting all these elements and reestablishing a new connection with spirit that local listens nailed. It's that avatar state income. It's a new feeling though. It's like in order to activate this, you're tapping into a brand new feeling. I would say that we definitely are doing exactly that. So we got the princess wow. of cups. Oh, there we go. Boom. That's lovely. So, you know, make sure that uh, you're at peace. You're at peace with whatever changes are happening. Take time to to tap out, to connect to nature, to be still, to be in the moment. You know, em- embrace that. That oneness and that flow, because this to me is all about the flow. That's beautiful. I was literally, literally doing Qigong in front of our little like kind of mini mini pond thing. Oh yeah, get into some, get into some some creative movement practices around water. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to initiate flow state. Well, tap into something that's flowing. Mm. 
they do teach that and she Qi, young teachers will say like go find a a stream not stagnant water but something that's got good movement that's cool y'all you got more questions for mike hit us up we are done with that particular fun segment okay. <laughs> glad we did it got some cool sinks out of it i like it this is a powerful trio right here the first three the fundamentals i like right. it Right. I, have a theory, I have a theory that the first three and first four zodiac signs could take on the whole zodiac if we had to. I feel like <laughs> maybe we are. Like we're the Power Rangers. <laughs> I love it. Taurus is the Earth, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the four elements, the original four elements, yeah. <laughs> well, you don't fuck with bulls and rams when they pissed off. That part, yeah. And Jim and I, they're doubling up on you. You're outnumbered. You don't get pinched by the crab either, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's true, dude. That's true. Oh, shit. They do get pinchy. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Devin has a question. Any tips for using your natal chart to find out how to manifest talents? Yeah, I like to see talent as the fifth house in your chart. So even if your fifth house is empty, your fifth house has a chart ruler. And, um, it, in relation to that chart ruler and in relation to that fifth house ruler or, uh, really your fifth house, it'll let you know the nature of your talents, where it plays out, what you need to cultivate it. And then outside the fifth house, if you just, you know, look at your moon, your Venus and your Mars, uh, your heart, your, your soul, and of course your desire, uh, cultivating that will also cultivate your talents too. But the cheat code for that is what's your fifth house? Cause your fifth house is not only what you love, but it's how you express your skills. And, uh, for example, when Jupiter went through my fifth house, that was when I evolved and, uh, started stepping more into my artistry. When Saturn went through my fifth, I wasn't serious about what I loved. And that made me realize this is what I really want to do. Uh, as far as creativity, writing, performance, and I started to take it a lot more seriously. So, yeah. How about alien constructs? Oh, I love alien constructs. I, lo- I love the recognition. I realize aliens attract other aliens, too. What, what do you mean by alien construct? I need a refresher. Great question. So um, I'm going to actually share my screen to reference this one article. Written by Stephanie Jordan. The cool thing about her is I actually had a reading with her and she's one of the goats, in my opinion. She is legit. I'm talking about so legit that I ordered my reading and I had to wait four months just to speak with her. Missed the reading, had to wait another four months. And it was still one of the best readings I ever had in my entire life. Like it's legit. So she wrote this article based on uh, of course, she has a book based on this too. Uh, certain people who kind of brought up this ideology, she, she, uh, brushed up on it. So you have alien constructs. This article will speak on the outer planets, Uranus, Neptune, Saturn, and Pluto as outer planets. When I spoke to her on the phone, she said she wanted to add Jupiter there too. And based on that, there are power aliens, these outer planets that are on your sun. Vessel aliens, if they're on your moon, instrument aliens, if they're on your rising, 
right? And then, of course, different, uh, you know, shadow activator bridge, which you can see in that article, higherselfcommunications.com. And I'll put that in the chat. It's one of my favorite articles. Um, personally, yeah, this is what Greco-Roman lore has seen as gods, but aliens is accurate because they are literally out of this world. So when you're an instrument vessel or power of this, it pronounces and gives you literal alien power or magic or essence as you're an instrument of these beings. So attached to that, the outer planets, because of the rarity, because of, you know, Pluto is a 248 cycle. So to have a Plutonian instrument, alien or alien construct is so rare. In fact, aliens attract so much aliens, like so many aliens book readings from me that I forget how rare it is. And I start to think there's a lot of us, but there's most people who have alien constructs will be a part of probably less than 10, 1% of the population. But if you weren't born with an alien construct, like you can see here, can non-aliens become aliens? Yes, you can go through a transit. Let's say you're an Aquarius rising. All Aquarius ridings are going through a Saturnian instrument alien transit. Or you can have a progression where your progressed son goes over one of these planets and you start to inherit it. So anyone who wasn't born with it will have an encounter or deal with someone who activates it. And then on top of that, this article goes through outer planets, but you can also express this with inner planets too, or personal planets. So if Mercury, Venus, Mars is on your sun, moon, rising, to me, that's also like a God aspect. It's just not the outer planets. It's just more personally. So I've seen people with Venus on their moon and they're vessels of the goddess of beauty. They're, they have much inner beauty and they have the powers that come with it too. And so once again, I like to add a more, you know, fantasy esque twist to it, which is more real than fantasy. You know, reality is stranger than fiction. I truly believe that now. And yeah, I, lo I love this construct. I love this concept. It's so awesome. It's so freaking awesome. I definitely open that up to check out. Maybe uh, there's a future. You should say she's hella busy. Maybe not, but maybe a future podcast guest. And then, and then on top of that, too, um, I always consider Bless Aquarius. You, thank you. I also consider Aquarius the alien of the zodiac. So if I see an Aquarius or a Pisces and they don't have alien constructs, I still consider you an alien because these vibrations are out of this world. So. Yeah, yeah, Aquarius is that, that I know they just they just yeah. know how to do shit, right? Yeah, they got that. Well, because they're they're evil genius aliens that haven't revealed their plot to humanity yet. So <laughs> that's why Aries is their best friend because Aries is so original. So they can just be their real self with Aries. Aries is like judge. Okay, so Paula has a question here. How can we best prepare for Jupiter in Aries coming up? And I'll add to that question: When's that transit occurring? <sighs> that's the aliens coming through you yo straight up may that's gonna be may to thank you for posting the link that's gonna be from may to august um and then it's gonna retrograde august go back to pisces in november then it's gonna go direct in december and then beginning of capricorn season it comes into aries why jupiter and aries is one of the most important transits is you've taken 12 years to become this legend that you've become like you're you're a fucking badass. And so this is you restarting a brand new cycle um, now with this collective 
evolution. And this is going to have you move forward on everything you've become. That's really kind of what it feels like to me. And it's, this is this, I, I appreciate it coming in more around because now most of us have come of age. We've had our Saturn returns. So like, we're going to be more aware of the sparks, the newness, the new beginnings that come. We're going to trust the magic of new beginnings. I think it's going to be so exciting. And I'm so excited. So it's going to be maybe like a pretty jarring transit, right? Because it's going from the feet to the head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For a lot of reasons. The plural Like if you've been like, like kind of on a low, if some lower stuff has been blowing up, you might just like have a big turnaround moment. I actually appreciate you saying that because I feel like as a son in Aries, you're tapping into it and, and you have possibly the most valuable insight about it because Jupiter transits past the torch. So you're coming into the torch from Pisces and you're a literal source of evolution. The Aries moons are holding the vessel, but the Aries suns, Jupiter is evolving people through you and it's leveling you up, which is fucking awesome. Yeah. My son's right there on the cusp too, on 322 and uh, Venus and Mercury are over there in Pisces. So <laughs> Jupiter's yeah. hanging out over, over there this last couple of months. It's been, it's been interesting. Like there's yeah. been a whole lot of opportunity to see into the deepest parts of myself, but also like a lot of, uh, a lot of pull towards like old, old patterns, pull towards old, uh, vices, things like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But revisiting it more evolved, I imagine. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. That's awesome. That's life. It's a spiral path, you know? You got to just yeah. accept that it's going to be that way. <laughs> I'm really interested in the alien thing. I don't know if I fully understood it, but I was, I'm, I'm conceptualizing it as like the, the um, pantheon of gods in a sense. You know, you can mm-hmm. call it aliens too. That's a fun word, but. It's more accurate to say the pantheon, to be honest. I, I, I really like that description better because this gives people the opportunity to tap into the sense of like God power within them. You know what I mean? Uh, or around them or through them. So I have a question here. Um, okay. So we were already kind of hidden on the idea earlier that the forces are acting through humanity and it makes things look like big conspiracies that are as much just a trend in the cosmic weather as anything else. Uh, what do you think about how, do you think that there's on purpose encoding of mythological concepts into society at large through media spells and things like that? Like what is the purpose behind that? Do you, do you see a lot of that? I think it's a perfect place to conclude too. This is, this is the dark forces that be dark forces pertaining to forces that leave people in the dark and speak half truths. This is them having their cake and eat it too. Because if we now put everything into perspective, so much of this deception is to blind you from the fact that there's worlds beyond this world and that everything is just this play. So that it limits your power, it limits your expression. So a lot of the mythology is encoded through symbolism to through predictive programming, literally use us as vessels to to do the collective bidding of these people who kind of use these symbols. And it's not even as simple as that, because 
we are also the manifest of these dreams, of these mythologies or of these expressions. So this is also how they play out through us. But I really love how you ask that because, yeah, you know, it's it's flung in our faces. But, you know, the greatest trick the devil ever made is to convince you doesn't exist. And then this is where you see the good cop, bad cop, the postmodern fake science that sells you on this illusion of materialist reduction. But then the pseudoscientific faith healers that sell you on this quasi pseudo intellectual view of spirituality. And all of that is a distraction to distract you from the actual truth, you know, of like how we're all connected and where we were beyond this. I think this illusion of separation makes us forget that we are all beyond this. This is just our avatar. So that's what we're all awakening to. And it's exposing the collective forces that benefit from us forgetting that we live beyond this and who want to trap us in this limited state of thinking and being out of fear of being exiled, called delusional, called crazy. So, I mean, I think what we're doing here as a collective is the most revolutionary thing. And I'm honored to be doing that with y'all. I love it, man. I actually kind of feel like even, you know, the the dark forces you're talking about, <laughs> they are our own servitors that are, that we created when we were our own ancestors long ago. As I, a, I don't know, an experiment to see just how far we could take the game of limitation, perhaps, or maybe that. from some traumatic experience we created for ourselves that gave us that original ancestral trauma that gave gave the ego a little too much of a a prominence. Not the ego is all bad; like we need it too. But right, right. what I'm thinking is that just even, all of this is in service of the imperial self. Whatever version of an archetype comes to you, whether it's in a fallen state or an ascended state. It's there to serve you. And if it comes at you in a way that you don't like or that is seeming destructive or harmful, it's because it's trying to point to you where inside yourself you're holding on to that fallen version of the archetype. And you release, you know, you, you set your demons free, basically, because you, you've left them caged inside yourself and you don't let the, them change by ignoring them. What you att- add your attention to, what you pay attention to, what you what you recognize is what is able to then flow again and evolve and change and level up and grow. Kaylee, you got anything for, uh, for Mike before we, before we peace out soon? That'll only be a four minute answer. Yeah. <laughs> 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 for a Gemini son. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you go on a tangent for an hour. <laughs> right. Which, right. which, which I fucking love. But <laughs> I hate it too because I'll be like, I'm only going to say this for five minutes, two hours later. Three hour video. (laughs) No, no, no. I just, yeah, I don't know. You're, you're awesome. So keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate you. Much appreciated. You told us that you got uh, plans to do world, more world war. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. But what about new music coming? Been working on it. I'm writing a song right now. So um, basically, tour season is going to come up and I'm going to put out my tour season EP. And every season, every season from there for the next two years, I'm going to just drop an EP every month. So I just want to get on it, be in advance and, and just get more creative. 
Yeah. And I love what you've been doing recently with bringing like fans on that have their own music that they're, right. that they're making. I think that's so awesome. Thank you. I mean, so, I got people I listen to yeah. on Spotify now and make mixtapes with their shit from, from watching you. Oh, no way. Yeah. Like that. Uh, dude, I love that dude's son, the Pisces. <laughs> yeah. 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 Shout out to him. Shout out to him. That's what's up. Yeah. I'm okay. actually going to play us out whenever we, in a, in a minute, I'm going to play us out with another one of your music videos. So people Appreciate can, you. if they miss the beginning, they can see just how litty that gets. Appreciate you, man. Yeah. I'm yeah, gonna- dude, I'm going to also book a reading with you because <laughs> I've not done enough uh, exploring of my own chart. There's always more to know. And I want to find out like all this high level shit that you pull out of people's charts, you know, like where's my archangels at? I yeah, know about the four yeah. Royal stars, but I never thought about them in that, in that way. Right. The uh, Aldebaran yeah. and, and Terry's and all that. Yeah, it, it, it was new. It was a new technique that, uh, that uh, you know, and that's what I love about this cycle. Like everything that was a concept is now real. It's like I've understood it and can recognize it. So I'm looking forward to this next cycle. Let's get it. Yeah, man. Thank you for being on tonight. You're the man. We should do this again sometime. Oh, I'm with it. We can even we can even uh, do a segment on my channel, too. I'm totally fine with that. Absolutely, bro. Well, we'll stay in touch with you a few times a year. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, I'm going to play us out with uh, this one's called Sweet. Let me find it. Yeah. This one's called Unsubstantiated Claims Part Two. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Let's get it. (laughs) So I'll drop the link to that, the YouTube video in the chats while we, while we tune that. And uh, that's still on YouTube. Wow. Seriously. <laughs> I'm actually surprised. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody for hanging out with us tonight. It's been rad. And uh talk to you guys later. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Kaylee. Much love, much strength, everybody. Oh no, I tried to upload it. I didn't share it right. Okay. <laughs> that was like seamless producer moment. Not. Okay, here we go. Look, BBC line and you see an line and you CIA and the NSA still spying on you. Ain't nothing changed from the days they lynch niggas. LeBron James called Karen a bitch. He's still a nigga. And that's a long way from Emmett Till. But they killing, still and dealing niggas still. First they rigged the vote, then they rigged the trial. Kick Trump out, then you elected a pedophile. Then Kamala Harris is the devil. Lock more niggas up than the beach got pebbles. Why Edward Snowden a flight risk? Why Will Smith on that flight list? The day I wrote part one, almost lost my life. Walked out that car, crashed like shit, that's life. Ain't nobody like this on the mic. And the world still ain't shit like Tom Hanks a pedophile, Weinstein a pedophile, Epstein still alive, the media still telling lies. And it's like, what's the value of telling the truth when it's censored and blocked even when you show the proof?
They tell me I'm a theorist and I'm like, so I'd rather be a theorist than a sheep like yo. My mind critically thinking, your mind critically drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm too paid, you fake too paid. Can't nobody fuck with me. COVID-19, it's the 2020 Tuskegee. Meg never snitched on Tory. Tory never shot Meg. End of story. Six nine snitched in the year of the rat. They sacrificed Kobe, now you all wearing masks. Look at how they chipping you. First they make the virus, then they put them chips in you. It's like, they think we scared to tell the truth. Yeah, rest in peace, Isaac Cappy. 